Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard. Uh, hello. And Michael. Howdy. And we have a special guest in the Con Guy guys are here. Among them is our good friend. Jim Fry. So glad to be here representing the Con Guys today. Thanks so much for coming, Jim. Today is Batman Day. We are recording at Black Cat Comics in Burbank on Magnolia Street. It is a wonderful, small, independent comics and collectible store. And this is the fabulous place to come. If you want to get your latest and greatest comics as they come out, give them a pick list and they will pull them for you. Or you can get uh, back uh, issues of all the great comics, DC, Marvel, plus all kinds of Funko Pop and collectibles. This is a fabulous place and they're letting us celebrate Batman Day here by taping this podcast, the Mount Rushmore of Lesser Known Batman Villains. Are you guys excited about this? Super excited. Yeah. I love Batman. He's got a great um, rogues gallery. Yeah. Him and Spider-Man, basically. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is kind of like a little bit lackluster. Yeah. You can feel it's, eh, they're trying too hard, Mm -hmm. but Batman for sure has great top tier villains and then he has like, he's like a, he's a bell curve of villains. Yeah. He's got these, you know, a few great villains. Mm Mm-hmm. There's the ringmaster dinging in now. (laughs) Then he has this big swath of like... Who's that guy? Yeah, oh, but Batman's fought him a lot. Mm-hmm. I believe you mentioned Condiment King Condiment as an King. example. <laughs> yes, I love the 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 venues that Batman has been in terms of TV and film and serials, uh, as in S E R I A L S. All the different places have afforded him uh, a wide spectrum of uh, villains to fight um, that were created just for those platforms or merged from one platform to another. And but we're not going to focus necessarily on the Batman villains everybody knows. Uh, we can talk about the lesser known Batman villains. And guess who's here? It's Pat Evans, Pat the Batman fan. How you doing, Pat? Uh, Pat, this is Michael and Richard Howdy. and Jim Fry. Pat Evans, Pat the Batman fan, is a uh, huge Batman fan. The producer of the Beat of the Bat, a uh, indie that is about the music of the Batman. Have a seat, Pat. And. Uh, and Pat the Batman fan is also a maker and a, a seller of Batman replica um, props that look just like the real thing and capture kind of the fun and awesomeness of all the Batman in TV and film. So welcome, Pat. We are recording the Mount Rushmore of lesser-known Batman villains on uh, Batman Day. Rat catcher. Rat catcher. Pat comes out swinging, weighing in early <laughs> with his vote. For the Mount Rushmore of uh, Batman real one? Oh, yeah. the Rat Catcher. So, you know what? Let's put this guy on mic. Okay, Pat the Batman fan is uh, giving us an example of the Rat Catcher is who? Uh, he's a villain that was created by Norm Bravefogel, Alan Grant, and uh, maybe Matt Wagner uh, in the 80s. Um, he's, his name is Otis Flanagan, and he works for the Gotham City Public Works as a rat catcher and basically uh, is retreated to the sewers to with his rat army he can control him kind of with a pipe piper whistle oh that's um, lovely yeah oh it's yeah it's a, it's a great character and i uh bruce tim if you're listening i'm sending out psychic vibrations but i would love to see them come back for one more episode of the animated series with the rat catcher and they could do it as a tribute to norm Bravefogle, who sadly died uh, a couple of years ago, he had a stroke, and he wasn't able to draw anymore. Mm-hmm. It was really, really tragic. Um, but he was the Batman artist 
I grew up with in the 80s, you know, he defined a lot of what I knew. Uh, they actually just released a new black and white statue of him. You've probably seen the cover. Uh, I forget the issue number, but he's basically in an alley. It's a dramatically lit shot of ba uh, Batman with the lightning striking in a wet-soaked alley and the capes mm. all jagged and blowing out behind him. It's really cool. Uh, but, yeah, uh, real, really, really sad because he was robbed of the one thing that really, you know, he was able to do. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, R.I.P. Right. Norm Bravevogel. Brave so, Pat, the Batman fan, is weighing in with what may be perhaps the most authoritative uh, opinion in this entire uh, <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, we can, we can right shut here. it down <laughs> yeah. pretty much. We're done. Um, but we are the Mount Rushmore podcast, and we are with the Con Guy, and now Pat the Batmore Ben Batman. Sorry, Pat the Batman fan. We are discussing the Mount Rushmore of lesser-known Batman villains, and so uh, Luke. I'm sorry, Jim from the Con Guy. You are the guest, so you will start with your choice. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm a fan of Batman, but until you just spoke. I mean, after hearing you speak, I don't know if I really am because I don't know that stuff. Like, we're talking about Batman villains. I know, like, the Joker, and I know Catwoman. I know, but like, um, like for me, an obscure Batman is like Scarecrow. But even though he was featured in the movies, but still, <laughs> in three yeah. of them, I know. Well, it's it, 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 there are tiers. You know, you've got Joker, obviously number one. Some people would put Catwoman maybe up there, but then you. Go down into. I would say Scarecrow would be like a second tier, mm. or well, I don't know. You got Riddler and Penguin uh, would definitely be on the lower run. Harley Quinn's a weird one because she's sort of shot up to the top, kind of over since the uh, she was introduced in the animated series as just kind of a one-off thing. Haldini mm -hmm. thought, um, wouldn't it be fun to have uh, the Joker have a female henchman? I don't know if that was a callback to the 60s show or something like that, maybe, because they've done a couple actual subtle callbacks to, to that era. Um, but um, don't, Sorry, I don't want to stray too far, yeah, Pat. Yeah, uh, I think Jim is doing what they call in the business of show is stalling, is what he's doing, because <laughs> his list is on his phone somewhere, <laughs> or he's literally Googling. You know, there's different levels, and it's not... You know, you oh, sure, I think Scarecrow... Scarecrow's definitely, I think, a B level. Like, uh, not the, she, he's not a, a kite man. What about star. kite man? Oh, sure. Well, what I love about like characters like Kite Man, I think that leads into some of ours too, is that uh, it, it is just it is the act of a writer sitting around and being just seeing things around the office, looking out in the park. <laughs> There's some kids flying a pipe, uh, a, a kite. Ah, what if a villain swooped down from the sky using the power of the kite? He does. The problem with Kite Man, though, is he does. It does require it to be a little windy. A still <laughs> right. night, and he is vanquished. Yeah, there's definitely limitations. Yeah, I don't know if Gotham is known for its wind. It's not the windy city. Okay, so uh, Jim Fry comes out with the Kite Man as his first choice. And so now the, the Mount Rushmore guys, you get to pick your first choice. Uh, so my first choice, uh, when I was thinking about this, you know, Batman's villains, no matter what level, kind of fall into a bunch of different categories. And the one that I chose was uh, the more monstrous of Man-Bat. So you take Batman, flip him around, turn him into an actual creature of the night, and you have this uh, kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sort of 
guy, Mark Landstrom, who was a doctor of, you guessed it, echolocation. Kirk, and of Kirk Landstrom. What did I say? Mark. Uh, you know, an MK here, <laughs> here and there. Sorry. Uh, Dr. Langstrom was experimenting with uh, echolocation and, of course, used some sort of serum, you know, that had, I'm sure, bat DNA in it. And then wham pow turned into this monstrous bat that, you know, attacks people in Gotham City. And, of course, who's going to take him down? But, yeah, but I just the Batman. I nitpicking you over the name of a guy who created a serum that doesn't matter into a bat. it doesn't matter but um you know it's one of those things that like batman is a character that uh is in theory trying to inspire fear based on his image and you know who better to be actually fearful and actual an actual man bat than the man bat yeah, it's a good one Okay, Jim Fry, do you feel like you've been abandoned by your cohort in The Con Guy by Luke Cheeseman, who is, I think, going to show up cosplaying as Robin the Boy Wonder? Am I right? Yeah, that's right. He's supposed to be showing up anytime now. Kate, Katie, who is also in the room from The Con Guy show, she was going to cosplay today as uh, Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. She was... Said she cosplayed as someone on her day off. <laughs> that's what she did. She wasn't so, so uh, sure that her Poison Ivy costume was... Uh, family friendly for a comic book store, so she kind of ah. decided against it. Slutty poison ivy is what. Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. But no, he he is going to be showing up pretty soon. He's um. So what's your second choice for underrated? You could also team up with Pat the Batman fan if you felt like it, Jim. Right. I'm going to have to because like I know first and semi second level villains in the Batman universe. And Batman to me is known by the villains, of course. But like, like I don't know things like um. Hey, Pat, what about this guy? Oh, Professor Pig's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. That's one of the sort of newer ones, too. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who created him offhand, but there was a, a great version in the Arkham <laughs> games of him. I mean, he's pretty gruesome. He's sort of like a butcher. Oh, yeah? Uh, okay, no problem. Come on in. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, Professor Pig and Toad, I believe, is his cool. Mm -hmm. They did a version of him on the Beware the Batman series that was actually pretty good. Udo Kier played Toad, and uh, oh, I forget the, I forget who played Professor Pig. Forgive me, the voice actor, because he's great. Does uh, Professor Pig have any particular powers? Look at the alliteration no, he's just, there. He's, hey, that was beautiful. Uh, he, no, he's just a big, crazy guy who wears a... A pig's face, pig's, doesn't it? Pig's mask. Mask, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of those ones that you can kind of go silly with all the way to... Pretty, to to gruesome. gruesome. Turns into... Sli uh, a you lot know, of those uh, villains work that way, actually, mm. which is kind of... See, First appeared in July 2007, Batman number 666. Looking at the Santa Monica Junior College uh, <laughs> manual here, it's the, the sign-up here. Let's see, there's uh, Sociology 101. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Who's the teacher? P. Pig. Mm. Sounds like an easy... Porky Pig? Easy credit. Porky yeah. Pig? What? Okay. Interestingly about Man Bat, real quick, uh, how he was created was basically Neil Adams in the 70s realized that if they didn't do something with the name Man Bat, Marvel would. Yeah. So he, he you know, um, I wouldn't say he slapped it together. He did. Sure. This is a great but he quickly got it, you know, they quickly moved ahead with that theory. and But it luckily it turned out to be a pretty cool thing. Did DC also have a man spider? I don't know. I think Danny DeVito. They, they, that's right. Yeah, the man cheetah. We've got to nail down this man aqua. 
<laughs> All right, uh, uh, Michael and Richard, what is your second choice? By the way, I like that you keep dropping into your Adam West voice. <laughs> like, I, I don't even think you know that you're Out doing of Stan it. Lee. Into Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our second choice is The Clock King. And I chose him because I can relate to William uh, Talkman. Um, yeah, I mean, his big superpower, it's not something like cool, like flight or invisibility. I mean, it's really something that if we all work like nine to five jobs, I think we can all relate to. It's just being really, really good at managing your time, <laughs> like being really efficient at stuff. The man is basically yes. a walking Franklin Covey yeah. time management planner. Um, you know, his skills would be incredible if he was an executive assistant at CAA, like working for some agent, trying to make sure he gets all his meetings on time. But I mean, it's like he's as smart as the Riddler and he's got that kind of that Riddler-like quality. But he's applying it to a very, very specific slice of life, which yeah. is just being very good at time. He doesn't have, at least the, the original Clock King doesn't have any superpowers, although he can kind of use his knowledge of time to know how long a punch is going to take and he can dodge. So he's really kind of a nerdy sort of a, a Batman villain, which is interesting that to see someone who's not necessarily using his physicality, who's more using his, like I said, very, very specific skill set. Yeah. Yes. He falls into also, uh, you said Talkman is his name, the character's name. Yes. Or in the, William I remember, Talkman. You know, it's whenever a character has a name that kind of just leads them yeah. down their eventual, like you were born into this. I think in the, in the, Batman animated series from the 90s, he was a Temple Fugit. Yeah. And it was just, you know, play on uh, uh, Tempest Fugit. And it's just like, you are you know what you're gonna, what's going to happen to you just because your name is Professor Pig. Paul Pig is, you're going, you're, <laughs> you're done for. You are going to be turned into a supervillain because of your You're name. not going to get that tenure at Columbia is what you're saying? Talkman. <laughs> why, why wasn't his first name like Timothy, like... Like, just get as close to TikTok as possible. Is there a sense of what... Do we know what year this guy was created? Yeah. How you doing? He was actually created uh, as part of the um, television series by Bill Finger, who co-created Batman. Oh, okay. So it was his two, two scripts for the show, uh, the two clocking episodes that he did. Um, and then, like you said, they kind of brought him back for the animated series. I think that was the next... Uh, he, I don't know what his comic appearances were between then and yeah. there, but... I, right. Who knows? Created by Bill Finger, and um, interestingly, did you guys ever hear of the The Batman mm -hmm. animated series? Yes. Uh, came out about 2005? Mm -hmm. They did a sort of... It was sort of like a... I, you didn't even call him the clocking at all, but it was sort of a time-based episode that I thought was sort of, might have been inspired by it, but Dave Foley plays a guy who's no. reverse time mm. kind of, but he's, he's a, he's a clockmaker, but he, he can, he gets sentenced to prison for a petty theft. And in prison, he, he learns how to manipulate time, turn it back. So I was, always felt like that was sort of a, a nod. Uh, yeah. nod. Thank you. So they, they, you guys have said your first two, right? Yeah, we've got our first two. So They've Jim Fry, that you've two. had your first two, you and Pat the Batman fan. Yeah, we have. All right, so now we are at our halftime. 
and we are excited to invite you to go back to listen to past episodes of the Mount Rushmore podcast and go back and find out more about theconguy.com. Mm-hmm. These uh, guys, tell, tell them what you do at the Con Guy, Jim. With conguy.com, we are a website and a podcast all about fandoms um, and conventions, comic book conventions and fandoms that you guys are excited about. So you think I would know a lot more about these obscure villains of Batman, but I'm learning that I don't. So you, we have a podcast on Monday nights. You can check us out, but you can also find us anywhere you find your podcast at, at theconguy.com. And go back in time like uh, talk. Like, cl- like William Talkman. William yeah. Talkman. <laughs> and uh, listen to past episodes of The Con Guy. You can listen to past episodes of the Mount Rushmore podcast on anywhere that you get your podcasts, like iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Stitcher. iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Microsoft Zune. Um, Simon, the Merlin. Yeah, the Merlin the game, Merlin. yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. So, yeah, so we are back with the second half. So, Jim and Pat, the Batman fan, why do we, do you have a, a choice you want to make, Jim? So, I thought you, this was more of a joke, but what about the Condiment King? Do you know oh, we discussed him, yeah, we discussed oh, him you, before you, the show. Oh, but, but no, I think no, he's, he's right in line with who you expect Batman to thwart very easily. <laughs> but, like, he uses various condiments as part of his arsenal, he's a throwback kind of like to the 1960s era Adam West Batman because he's always doing out these wh- wh- these funny lines and trying to be funny. But I guess he's more for comic relief. The big bad bat guy is here. I know you'd catch up to me sooner or later. How I relish meeting you. How ridiculous. I love this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a great sort of like... You know, like you said, a little bit more in line with the campy 60s, you know, Batman 66 sort of feel to it. I do appreciate that it's not like he's got, like, super weaponized condiments. It's not <laughs> like... like barbecue sauce that, like, burns you because yes. it's so hot? Or yeah, or, uh, like, like mustard that's actually mustard gas. <laughs> stuff like that. I like that there is a, a Grant Morrison version of right. this character there. that is so evil and vile. Run with it, baby. <laughs> that would it. just... Um, uh, would be terrible. Like he could poison everybody. Yes, but just really wanted to. just by opening up his own hot dog stand <laughs> and giving them poison. Which, I, by the way, I think I've eaten at that place and gotten poisoned by it before. Some That's of these the, characters seem to be of a certain era. Like they're fueled by like all of it seems like the Cold War or whatever. But like, were we afraid of condiments at some point? Was uh, well, was their big condiment the big con- like yeah. like a like? It was a plot device in an episode of the animated series that required yep. a ridiculous villain. You know, yeah. So they probably did First showed up in Batgirl, year one, but he also appeared in Birds of Prey, number 37, where he is defeated by Black Canary, the third Robin, and Blue Beetle. Oh. Interesting. Three yeah. of them to take. <laughs> <laughs> he got caught because he was running up on a roof and slipped on some ketchup. Yeah. Batman caught him. Oh. <laughs> Hoisted by his own petard. Or mustard. I don't know. So, uh, Richard and Michael, what's your third choice? Well, I would like to stay in the realm of Batman 66 and talk about, of course, Egghead. Uh, Edgar uh, Heed was his name. And, you know, that is just a misspelling away from becoming a Batman villain. Uh, played by Vincent Price. Uh, does is, is there a, a Vincent Price in the room? Is, does there happen to be? No. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff can only do Adam West. Oh, and look at this guy. Talk about an egghead walking through the door. Now, Egghead uh, on the show was, of course, a super criminal and uh, a Former guest of the podcast, um, Patty Cullum, just walked in the door here at Black Hat Comics. And uh, speaking he, of super criminals, yeah, he is a brain box himself. Who um, I'm, I'm sure, can uh, talk his way uh, about anything. Would you say that? 
from the audience? Yes. There you go. Um, Well, Egghead was uh, basically a criminal mastermind who was brilliant, uh, but also fell into the realm of just making egg-related puns, uh, like you did on Batman '66. Wore a lot of yellow and white. Did they? Did did Batman and Robin have to scramble to catch him? Oh, I'm a hundred percent. He had like a hold on. Was he a hard-boiled criminal, (laughs) Michael? I mean, you have you you wrote an entire episode just right there. He had a bunch of um, his um, helpers uh, that had egg related uh, names too. Um, of course, I didn't write that down. How did they not cast Telly Savalas in that role? That's a good question. I mean, we wouldn't need to have like a fake uh, skull cap. I don't know. Ready I to mean, go. the beauty of the show was that you know Cesar Romero just put white makeup over his mustache because he couldn't be bothered to actually bothered shave to actually it. shave, or maybe that was just part of it too. It was just like just. Put, put the pancake makeup on the mustache and no one's what it's kids who cares we, we talked about it before we started recording and uh television seems to have the well just good enough just get it where it's good enough and then that's what your budget is it's not like you get more money to look that much better eh, you're fine especially back in the 60s yeah back in the 60s it was just basically we're just trying to sell toys i think they eventually uh transitioned egghead to the, the comic books as well and I'm sure he did the exact same things. A super genius with a big bald head and yeah, what made egg related puns. The and, and he showed up in the Batman 66 series of comics that mm. they did as well. Yeah, good old egghead. Can you imagine being Vincent Price <laughs> and saying, All you have for me is egghead? <laughs> <laughs> Give me somebody better than that. Oh, that was an awesome Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys are on your third. Have you done your third? They're on their last. They're on their last one. So the, your last uh, choice of the Mount Rushmore of underrated Batman villain. You could toss to Pat the Batman fan. Do you have you a want favorite to. you want? Or if you have another one, go for it. Is, you're kind of like the specialist here. I have one that I have looked, that I have found, but um, unless you have someone that you think really stands out. Mm, well, you know, there's always go someone. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Well, t- tell me if you know this one. He's a high-tech scientist whose body is irradiated, granting him magnetic powers to attract and repel metal, wood, stone, and human flesh. His name is Jake Baker, otherwise known as... Zebra Man. <laughs> wow, that's that's obscure for a group of uh, even for a group of comic book nerds over here. Uh, yeah, Zebra Man. Have you guys heard of Zebra Man? He's a high tech scientist. His machinery irradiated his body. He can attract metal and wood. I think they should make the DCEU revolve exclusively around Zebra Man. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, think that would be hell at an airport. I can't never- imagine trying to get through security without I no guys I it's just me I I can't take me out of me. Was that from the fifties by any chance? It's Detective Comics number two seventy five. He can magnetize anything. I, <laughs> the name Zebra Man is what throws it off because you you know it it being a comic book from the sixties you'd think okay well he's yeah he's kind of dressed up like almost like a. A leopard, kind of. <laughs> I mean, kind of like like a tiger. He's almost like a zebra. Kind of has a mohawk going on there. I wonder if those powers developed later on. If he like was first like, well, I've got the zebra costume, so he, and I've got the name Zebra Man. That was so seventies at some point then. Uh, zebra Man. Let me see. I will find out. It's Detective Comics number two seventy five, created by Bill Finger. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. So. 
see. I mean, if you're talking lesser known, this is yeah. hit the nail on the head. That does seem like a half-hearted attempt at diversity. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill Finger had a lot of ideas. Clearly not all of them. Yeah, they all can't be winners, everybody. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's summarize Jim's choices. What have your choices been? We got one, we got one more. Oh, we'll, oh, oh, we'll get to you oh, guys. We'll just round up my you. Zeeperman and the Condiment Man. Condiment Man. And Kite Man. And Kite and Man. Fuck. Rat Catcher. Okay, all right. Now, uh, the Mount Rushmore guys are going to l- register their last choice. All right, the original fanboy of Batman, Batmite. Oh, Um... Sort of, I know this is this is a, a divisive choice probably in the Batman community, and that's kind of why I chose him because I I think much like much like kind of the fandom that he sort of I don't want to say represents, but I think it acts as a stand-in for in a lot of ways. He can be very divisive as well, um, and he loves Batman more than anything in the whole wide world, and sometimes that becomes toxic because he just decides that he wants to help Batman out and usually does it in really screwball ways that winds up. Like hurting him, he's basically a Mister Mister Mitzaplex. He was like basically their version of him, and instead of but instead of having magical powers, he's got this sort of, I guess it's technology from the fifth dimension that he's able to to use. Um, and I I just think it's I you could tell it was probably this was a way for. Batman's writers to be able to make their little commentaries on every time they got a letter from a fan saying, well, I can't believe that you guys did this. Why would you ba 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 da 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 So he's often, they use him as a way to do sort of like meta commentary on what's happening. And I know you mentioned uh, Brave and the Bold. Yeah. Um, I, if you guys have not seen that, it was on Netflix a while ago. I don't know if it still is or not, but definitely check it out. I was, had low expectations and was really that impressed was with episode. it. And that was the series finale um, where they went full on meta. They had Paul Rubens as uh, as Batmite. And basically the whole episode revolves around him trying to get Batman Brave and, uh, Brave and the Bold canceled. So he is doing everything that, everything that, that you would do to make a, make a sitcom or a TV show go bad. Like he replaces one. Well, uh, Aquaman's voice gets replaced by Ted McGinley. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Henry Winkler come on, and they reference jumping the shark. They uh, have Bat Dog have a, a cousin called Scrappy Dog. So all of these things are happening basically because he wants a darker version of Batman. Um, and eventually he gets his wish, but of course it's a female Batman, which just gets him upset. <laughs> um, so I think it's just, it's this very interesting sort of piece of Batman. Yeah. Uh, like I said, where the you, you can kind of get the sense that the writers were working through whatever yeah. angst that they have about their fan base yeah. through this character. When did that come out? Uh, Brave and the Bold, that was probably like, what, about two, late 2000s, early 2012, something um, like that? Uh, I can't remember, honestly. Five to ten years ago. I just yeah, want to... Fairly recently. Thank yeah. the guests that have come in briefly to watch this podcast, and that we've scared them off, maybe with our ambivalence toward their presence. So I apologize. <laughs> we've got one guest who's still here, so thank you for being here, sir. Uh, he feels awkward that I haven't pointed him out. <laughs> what, um, I, what I like another about guest, friend and guest, Patty. What I like about talking about like just these random kind of Batman villains shows that Batman has had like this deep history that hasn't always been so serious and dark. Yeah. Like you have this guy that you know, Batmite or Kite Man. You have like ridiculous characters that Batman has fought as much as he has gone after Bane and the Joker who 
cuts his face off at some point. And just like Batman is like very gruesome and gritty and serious. But at the same time, you know, at some point he did have a dog. Yeah. It was just like the bat dog that ran around with him. And well, that's just, the counterbalance, right? Yeah. Like you can't like you couldn't have it be that dark and gritty all the time. It does seem acknowledging that. Uh, comic books are a publication that have appealed and have been purchased at different times to different demographics. And if younger children are buying them at a certain time, you appeal to that demo. Or if it's college kids in the 70s, then you make it psychedelic. And if it's uh, 30-somethings, then you got to make it dark and brooding. And uh, you know what's interesting about the, the Brave and the Bold and having the characters in the animated show kind of criticizing or doing some meta-commentary reminds me of this new... I've heard it called cancel culture, where everything is on the verge of being canceled and fans are on the verge of tearing their fandom apart at all times. Right. And now you've talked on the, the con guy about kind yeah. of toxic fandom. Toxic fandom is something that, yeah, we are we, we talk about quite often. And it, it does seem like it's something that's kind of like popped up in the last, what, 10 years. I mean, we've always had, you know, Star Trek versus Star Wars, but like the recent cancel culture, you know, or toxic fan. I was reading an article yesterday about like shows that were fan based but didn't have this. Like we are celebrating this is a little bit off topic, the fifteenth anniversary of the show Lost, which was one of my favorite all time shows on television. And the article was talking about how Lost was a show that was water cooler talk, but it didn't have that that toxic fandom with people trying to tear it apart. People just loved it for what it was and they tried to figure it out. And I don't know I'm not as familiar with like the thirty the 80 year fandom of Batman, but it seems like people that like Batman like Batman and they like all the villains and you don't see people. There are people that kind of debate about which version of Batman is your Batman. Mm. But sure. I, I mean, what do you guys think about that? Well, I think that a lot of fans will hang on to whatever was, you know, we talked to actually, we talked about this last week a little bit on the podcast. We were talking about uh, Saturday night live and how, the one that you watched in high school, no matter what age you were, was yeah. the best one to you. And you think that everything that's come after wasn't as good, has never lived up. It doesn't matter how old you are. And I think with some characters, even like a Batman, whatever was the Batman that was your Batman mm-hmm. is your Batman. Now, it could be the, uh, what was it, uh, D- Danny O'Neill? Uh, Danny O'Neill. O'Neil. see the early black and white? Like the 1970s version oh, of no. Batman. You know, if that, you know, on the edge of coming out of being goofy, you know, kind of making up for the goofiness of 66 Batman. Some people like Batman. All he is, is this kapow, bam, zoom. And that kind of cemented comic culture for a while. (laughs) Captain America out there. Yeah. I mean, for some people that Batman is who Batman is, but for Mm -hmm. other people, it's a more gritty Batman. For some people, it's, Let's say, well, for no people, is it George Clooney? All Kilmer all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nobody believes that. But you have people like Michael Keaton has his accolades, and people will, there are people who will forever say that Michael Keaton, who at the time was like, Michael Keaton, that's Batman? How is that going to work out? But to this day, there are people that think he's the best Batman ever. Well, there's something to it being the Batman that you grew up with. Right. Uh, I kind of had an interesting, because I grew up, on the reruns of the TV show in the 70s, and then I got brought back into the fandom by the Frank Miller stuff in the yep. 80s, and then then the movie was had a big impact on me, too. So sure. like, I kind of had two waves of it. And, um, but there's no right or wrong answer to that. I don't think you know, it's all a rich tapestry. Mm-hmm. You don't get The Dark Knight without... 
Batman and Robin, you know. But we can all agree that Robert Pattinson should not be Batman at all. (laughs) I know that's what the thing is. Like, I I always thought, like, when I first heard that, I was like, are you kidding me? But, hey, let's give him, I mean, we thought the same thing about Michael Keaton. We really did. I mean, it was Mr. Mom, for God's sakes. Yep. Mr. Mom was going to be Batman. So uh, the Matt Rushmore podcast is usually a debate show where we have contestants and combatants really uh, register their top four choices. But when we have a guest on, often that guest is the person who wins because we just love I have no idea guests. what I was going to No, because they're awesome. We're so glad that they are our guests. So this is no, uh, we're not differing from that format. Our guests Woo-hoo! from the Con Guy and Pat the Batman fan are the winners. Yes, Thank right. you guys. We are, are high fiving right now. So much. And your choices were the we were supposed to be the condiment, dynamic duo. Condiment, condiment, condiment man and zebra man. By the way, zebra, zebra man. man came back in 1987 and ran off with Elemental Woman. I just, oh. just found that out. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. So thanks so much for coming. And uh, we are going to continue our Batman Day festivities, uh, but we want to give a tremendous shout out and gratitude to the Black Cat Comic yep. organization for supporting yep. us and sponsoring us today. And uh, they are a great, great source for comics and collectibles of almost every fandom you can imagine. We're in the back room right now, and I see DC, Marvel, I see... Um, C-Lab 2021. <laughs> they got the, everything. Yeah, purveyor of C-Lab 2021 uh, <laughs> merchandise. So there's all kinds of, not just, yeah, not just comics, but Funko and... Um, Star Wars. Star Wars and... All kinds of cool stuff. And they are at 3005 Magnolia in lovely, beautiful downtown Burbank. So um, thanks to The Con Guy. Uh, tell us where to find The Con Guy stuff. You can always go to theconguy.com, and that's that's the best way place to find us. Yeah, and thanks to Pat the Batman fan. Uh, Pat, could you promote the beat of the bat a little bit, if uh, you choose? Sure. Um, it is a documentary I've been working on for quite a while now. Um, about the music of the Batman television series, the Adam West TV series. Um, most recently, I interviewed Robert Butler, who was the uh, director of the pilot episode of the show. Finally got around it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. And, th- and then uh, just recently interviewed Burt Ward, too, about his uh, recordings that he did uh, with Frank Zappa. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it was a uh, the, the studio kind of wanted to, uh, you know, capitalize on his teen sensation uh, or teen idol musical image. recordings. Yeah, so they he couldn't sing. They sent him for singing lessons, and it, I mean it's hopeless. And he'll tell you this. I mean, yeah, it, but they wanted to they they wanted to make some money, so they sent him into the studio and the uh, project manager, or project leader, or whatever was a young Frank Zappa pre-Mothers of Invention, and they did a song called Boy Wonder I Love You, which was basically him just kind of reading like a, a version of a fan, the general fan letters he got, you know, from girls wanting him to come over to their house and s- stay overnight and all this stuff and or walk them to school. and Yeah, it's as bad as it is you're picturing in your head. But, uh, you know, Bert got, you know, it was, I don't think anybody's ever asked him about it before, even though it's sort of a you know, it's not, it's kind of obscure, but not like unknown. So I, I thought he, he got a kick out of talking about it. So thank you so much. Uh, uh, this has been the Mount Rushmore podcast. I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. I'm Jim. Guest. Special guest Luke Cheeseman. Not Never now, showed up. Not present. Was kidnapped by oh. Eggman. Oh. Eggman. I have no idea. <laughs>
No, we were sitting in the walls. 